What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey, guess what? You are listening to the Salty Dogs podcast. You know, there's this huge... Hopefully on produced open to tell you that this is the salty dogs, right? <laughs> but I you need do. to also. You never hear. You never hear that's that. Right. Part. That's, that's right. That's okay, Jeff. I have <laughs> I have one goal for this episode of the podcast. One uh, goal. Are you that you're going to bring something to the table this week? I want to find an opportunity to respond with Bruce Arians' best line of the day. I love <laughs> that. I love it. The line was. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> that, that's for me to know and no one else to find out. Yes. And it was in relation to being asked uh, the reason why Chris Godwin has been held out of, I think, maybe three practices in the last week or so. You are correct. <clears throat> and um, Wait. We have to do this every single time we start. Okay. Thank there, you. I just hit my cough. Jeez. Go ahead. I'm probably never going to figure that I out. I know. Continue. That is, that is an, but that response, that question, that response is kind of a good way to get into the fact that the way that the the camps have developed across the NFL this summer in this strange situation is everybody has realized without fans there, there's 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 no reason to make like when fans were here in previous training camps, you could literally tweet about anything you wanted because right. the the obvious well, logic is open to the public and everybody can see that Tristan Wirfs is playing right tackle, so I can say Tristan Wirfs is, is first string right tackle. I can say that because his coach said it, but correct. But there are other examples if I were to see certain nickel packages or who's the second team nickel corner or something like that we are not allowed. I got, a, qu- I got a question when you say when you do you think most people know what a nickel and dime package is I think they know what it is but probably not why it's called that okay do you know why it's called a nickel mm-hmm. because you go from four defensive backs to, to five. five and yeah. then dime is doesn't mean 10 defensive backs no. it just means six but you're just kind of doubling it the yeah. terminology clearly came from nickel right. then dime I was just curious yeah but see, there you we, go. We learned something. I didn't. I, you, you learned where the nickel terminology came from. There you from. go. There are plenty of other terms it, when coaches start pe- speaking that you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes, and and uh, sometimes they they'll start speaking that way and not really understand that uh, the audience doesn't really know what you're talking about. And Keith Armstrong had a little bit of that today when he was talking about um, where guys play on special teams and where a guy could play, and he'd be going like, "Well, on kickoff he could be R four, and on kickoff <laughs> return he's he's the guard." Do you think of the, there being a position called guard on kickoff return? I will. I will say no. I will. I will say there are a lot of media members that were nodding their head as he was saying that. <laughs> yeah. as if they oh, knew I know what, exactly oh, what you're right, right, with you. And I and I say that not only media members. I'm just saying people who are watching it. Those period. Are, yeah, right. Yes. We're not trying to pick them. No, because sure. it's being streamed. So anybody watching it, we're all nodding our heads. Like, of course, yeah, Keith. Know I know exactly is. what you mean. We're there. Go ahead. So there's there's bits of news, even though, like I was saying. Oh, wait. And the reason why Coach can say uh, for me to know and you to find out is they don't have to. There's no get, injury report. Yeah, there's no injury report during camp. There's no injury report until the first week of the regular season. There you go. And so why 
would you share information sure that you don't have to you, you don't i would like to know why chris Godwin has mystery practices and when he will be back sure i'd like to know that but i understand the strategic value of not putting that out there and you're that's what i was saying you're seeing that all across the league where coaches are are understanding that they the situation and and partly because in camp they're doing more actual planning for games than you normally would i i, I will say this has been the most exciting camp I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah. Well, just because of the people that are here? Because of the people that are here and because of how, f- how uh, with pads and on, it's it's almost game speed. There's a lot more hitting, yeah. Yeah. And uh, here's how you should explain it. So in a typical year, the training camp would begin uh, 15 days before your first preseason game, which usually falls right at the end of July. And it technically goes for about three weeks. So sometime in mid-August – Past before we are, we're past that now, you officially in training camp. Even though when you're training here at your own headquarters, the next day you practice is pretty much the same thing. But mm-hmm. that's when you're no longer open to the fans, and that's when you really start drilling down a little bit more into game planning and preparing for the first couple games. And you can run those plays on the field without anybody seeing it. Well, that's not the situation we have this year. Training camp runs right up to the first week of of the reg, of the regular season, and so you have to start planning. And so coaches are not going to reveal – they shouldn't, quite quite obviously. Sure. No fan of, of the Buccaneers should want them to reveal any of that. And and as, an exa- as another example, the scrimmage that the team is going to have on Friday at the stadium, there's not going to be a flow of information coming out of that. There's no, not going to be any live tweeting from anybody, media or us or anybody. So clearly they're going to be working on some game stuff and also seeing who's in what positions. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about – yeah. That that practice, and I, I've enjoyed the practices that that, uh, that we're able to to look at, um, and I think that. It, but we can watch all of practice if we want to. We just can't report on it yeah, for a certain. Yeah, point. which is which is I'm personally I'm just taking notes for later sure. on during during our, our broadcast when we finally hit regular season things that you see remember seeing yeah. or something. And then by then you could talk about it because mm-hmm. now they're they're putting it on the field. Now it's fair game, but yes. Uh, so uh, another thing about that Friday thing is unless it changes, I think we're going to be doing our um, our day, daily morning camp show yeah. from the pirate ship. Yeah. I got to admit, it's kind of a bucket list I, thing for me. I, a small bucket. I got to figure out how I get to that pirate ship because I, I – you know, I circuitly want to hit the buttons. <laughs> I want to fire the cannons. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think I earned that right. Wait a minute. You know, the, in my the, opinion, I've earned the right. The button isn't actually on the ship, is it? It's yes. Up, it's up in the control booth. No, it's it? not. Really? It's on the ship. Yes. The button to make the cannon sounds. Yes. Everything is on the ship itself. So that's who I get to blame when they start shooting those cannons off as a test, like three hours before the game, without any warning. We've been in that stadium twenty-two years now. 1998. Yeah, 23rd season. Yeah. Okay. Still makes me jump. Yeah. And I even know when it's coming because I have a sheet in front of me that that tells me timing of things that are going to happen. (laughs) And usually when they fire the cannon before anybody's in the stadium is when you're underneath the counter trying to plug something in and you hear (laughs) boom and then you hear another boom at your head. (laughs) Yes. All they need to, we've said all along, why don't they yell fire in the hole or something Mm -hmm. beforehand? But whatever. Well, they do. They do yell "fire in the hole." It's just you can't hear it because he's not doing it on the speaker. It's just some guy yelling. <laughs> well, that's not very helpful at all. But when it? you're on the pirate ship on Friday, you will see there's a control panel. There's like three buttons. You gotta you gotta arm the cannons. You know, you gotta make sure they're loaded. You gotta arm them. They're ready to go. And then there's one button that you, when you hit it, 
Hopefully and everything you, you works. You just have always wanted to push the button. I did. I've just always wanted to do a show, some live hit from on top of that. Well, and this this will be the opportunity. This, it it's like. going to be very very cool. I'm 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 hoping to get your way. If all right, you know Jeff, another um, thing that somebody said that in, in addition to what we were just laughing about Bruce's line, you're going to hear this a lot, and it's something that Todd Bowles said about Tom Brady, and you're going to hear quoted and put it, and you're going to read it in stories. Uh, it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to latch on to. He said. The best compliment he could give Tom Brady is that he throws great incompletions. Yes, I understand what you meant by really that. Which is really just another way of saying he puts it where if he, it's going to be caught, it can only be caught by his guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was pointing out on our show this morning, but I think it's worth repeating here, perhaps to a different audience, um, I there was a tweet from Bill Barnwell, who's a ESPN writer that I like a lot, and um, he said there's there's statistical evidence to back that up because Brady doesn't always rank – at the top of the list in terms of um, accuracy on every pass, on, on target, how, how frequent his passes are on target. But he always ranks high in completion percentage and, and, low, and high in having a low interception percentage. So it would indicate that he's throwing the ball where it's only going to be caught by his guys. And that's how you only have six interceptions in a whole season. Yeah. The, um, I was talking to – Uh-oh. Well, I'm not going to say who. Uh, I think our studio was – What? I think we've uh, – Somebody else wanted to use our new studio. Why? Scouts, they were coming this direction. When they turned they were? Well, This is life in, in the new at, we're uh, kicking Edmund the sc- We're kicking the scouts out? Well, we didn't do it on purpose, that's for sure. Uh, there's no – well, do we ask Rob to come in? Yeah. I mean, we'll, 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 we will always step aside for football. Okay, you, you hold on a second. Okay. Well, that was nice. And we're right? back. Yeah, it's, yes. that's – that was very nice as, of the scouting uh, department. Rob McCarthy saying, no. McCartney. Uh, McCartney. McCartney. And he said, um, I liked it. He goes, you guys doing salty dogs? <laughs> <laughs> but the reason we got up to ask when we saw those scouts wanting to come in here is because one thing you need to know when you work for a football team is football is king. Yeah, football you kind of hate to see the report. Yeah, we would have been have that done for you, uh, <laughs> BA, but yeah. uh, the Salty Dogs Scott were recording. Scott and Jeff were using our area. <laughs> yeah. and, and we lost that guy we wanted to pick up. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God, Jeff. That's a nightmare. Scenario. I know. Well, welcome to football in, in uh, COVID-19 era. Um, I was going to say I was having a conversation. That reminds me of a story, by the way. What's that? Have I told it on here before about Joey Galloway and softball? Well, refresh my memory. So back when Joey Galloway was here, and for many, many years, I ran our staff softball team, the Buccaneers staff softball team. And um, uh, every now and then a player would play with us. Darian Barnes played with us for a little while and Mm -hmm. Lamar Thomas for a little while. Um, But Joey Galloway, this was in the 2000s, obviously, and Joey Galloway kept asking me if he could play on our softball team. And I thought he was joking the whole time. And and I joked, yeah, sure, uh, you go out there and get hurt. I, I'm going to get a visit from the GM, and then I'll be packing up my desk. And it was Bruce Allen at the time. And um, so one day he goes, no, I'm serious. I really want to come out and play on the softball team. And uh, I said, okay, well, then go ask go ask Bruce. And if he says you can do it, it's cool with me. I'm thinking there's no way Bruce is going to say he can do it. Bruce t- told him he could do it. <laughs> so, And I was glad. It was nice having Joey Galloway on the team. But if he comes out there and gets hurt, how much trouble am I going to be in? You're, right? You're going to be that guy. You're going to be that <laughs> he guy. He was a very good second baseman. You'd think he'd be a center fielder. Mm-hmm. And he tried to hit a home run every time instead of hitting the ball and using his I f- incredible speed. I figured he would just bunt the ball and, and run And just like run, hell. right? Yeah. 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 Nope. He, he was not the softball player you would have expected. I love Joey Galloway. He's one of my favorite bucks. He's one of my favorite people, too. I always I always smile when he's on, on ESPN. And he's good at that, by the way. He started doing radio shows with us. 
He did. He did a number of radio. You're a kingmaker, Jeff. I am. What am I doing wrong? I send everybody to the network. And I'm <laughs> and with you're you. Back here. <laughs> I'm with you. To hell. Um, I left scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was talking with a, a football individual, and I, 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 I said, "Is it my imagination?" Because, you know, as as much as we've been around and we've seen it, we do know quite a bit. You know, tuning our own horns, but I don't actually believe I know as much as someone who who does it for a living right. or who played the game and that type of thing. So my conversation was, is it me or do the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, do they all seem to be more confident in running their routes and what's going on since Brady? Uh, since Brady? And the reply was yes, because they know that Whatever the play is, that's what's going to happen. Okay. It's not going to be, here's the play, and then when things happen, it changes in the middle. So you break down and scramble. The play is going to be the play. Yeah, and that's different. And, and mm-hmm. um, obviously we're talking about Brady being new, so we, we, we're not dancing around the fact that no. he replaces Jameis Winston, who put up a sure. lot of big numbers and often made some of his best plays out of those broken plays. But he was the type that would do that, and Brady's more the type to get rid of the ball quickly. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can't be a great quarterback if you can't work through your progressions quickly. Right, and that gave and that and that gives the the receivers and uh, more confidence to know all they need to do is just run their route yeah. and run it as crisp as they can. Cool, and good things will happen. So. That's and, my, and if you don't run your routes crisp, you're going to hear about it. Uh, you'll be you'll be crispy creamed for sure. <laughs> Although I do hear, as as Cam was saying again today, Cam Brate, mm-hmm. he's actually Tom Brady for the most part is very very um, complimentary on the field. He he does a lot of good route. Cam, nice catch, Mike. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Scoot, mm-hmm. which is Scoot or Scooter, which is what you call Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who's been named Scott all his life. You get called Scoot. It's just yeah, well, you're Scooter around here. I'm not that much. Well, you are to the us old school guys. Feels weird that, to be uh, 51 and be called Scooter. It fits. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you? You got another point? I do. All right. And let's I want to see. I want to see if you agree or not. No, probably not. All right. Is let's it, see. Is it my imagination, or is Tom Brady one of the loudest speaking quarterbacks at the line? I don't know. I think they all make a point of having that kind of loud, deep voice. Okay. It just seems more crisp and... <laughs> I think we we run into this issue where Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, but we don't have to act like every single thing he does is the greatest I know, thing but it's does. the little things that you notice. It's the little <laughs> thing, And I wasn't the only one. It, it, someone else mentioned it to me, and I was like, I was, you know, just, just curious. I heard somebody t- talking about his accuracy and described it like this. They said... He throws it to the exact same place every single time. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a very good strategy to no. me. Because if, if my, the opposing quarterback was always throwing it to the same place, I think I'd have a defender stand right there. You would think, right? Wouldn't have to do anything. Just say, hey, hey, Levante, stand right there because mm-hmm. he's throwing it to that spot every mm-hmm. single time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what they meant, obviously, but I, I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. By the way, we're going to have um, one of the hits, one of the breakout stars of training camp with us here in just a little bit. Parnell Motley. Yeah, I'm excited. The about undrafted it. rookie at a uh, corner out of um, uh, Oklahoma, which mm-hmm. I'm going to share with Sooner? him. I'm going to share with yes. him <laughs> that um, I'm a Sooner fan because I was born in Norman, Oklahoma. 
which I'm sure is going to be like, it's going to make his day, right? It, it's going to be, be the most exciting thing he's heard in a long time. I think it's going to be an ooh and ah moment for sure. <laughs> we're going to be best friends it, just like that. Yeah, man. you got to bond somehow. We're not going to talk a huge amount about him now because we're going to be talking to him no, uh, but, soon. And we'll get through that stuff, how yeah. he's doing in camp and so on. Sure. But he's having a great camp. Uh, Picking off passes left and right. <laughs> Um, he had a couple, not today, but yesterday. Uh, Monday, Monday. He, Monday, he closed out practice with a pick. That's right. That's that's pretty good. But all in all, all in all, the, the I I think coming into uh, the Advent Health Training Center, Advent Health, one word, um, has been pretty good. <laughs> that's I, my line. I know it is. That's why I stole it. <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast today. If you can't, did, thanks for listening. Let me Turn tell you off. what. If you want to be any good, you got to steal. That's just it. This is how it works. <laughs> well, that's what football is all about. It is. It's something working somewhere else. You got to mm-hmm. steal it. It's what you do. So um, here's some pretty good news. All right. Uh, the last time we got a report a couple days ago about how the testing is going around the league. Yes. Um, so in an eight-day period from August 12th to the 20th, 8,537 people, including players and, and, and personnel, were tested. A total of 58,397 tests. But out of those 8,537 people tested, there's only six new positives, and none of them are players. That's great. So it's like zero point. 0.07% overall and 0% new cases among players in that eight-day period. So it's going well. We both understand anything could happen, and mm-hmm. you could have a Cardinals or a Miami Marlins type situation, but we have to at least acknowledge that it's going well so far, which which indicates that players and coaches are being very responsible, Yeah, which we thank them for. Everybody should thank them for that. And you and I are both being very responsible yeah, also. But, I mean, you know, I mean, the staff, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's one thing you come in, you get tested, you get your result, you're good to go. But it's what you do outside, and we've talked about this before. It's just incumbent on everybody. Yeah, but especially just a, a special thanks to the players and coaches for kind of giving up a lot of what they could do, but it's what they understand. It's what they have to do, mm-hmm. right, yeah. to make this work. And so far it's working. I like All it. All right. You want to play a little game here? Sure. So every day, every year during camp, you know, the coach gets interviewed every day, and from time to time, he's asked about a player, and he'll say, oh, that guy's having a great camp. That guy's having a great camp. And he doesn't say that about everybody. I'm not saying that. But over the course of camp, you might get six, seven, eight, nine guys that at some point coaches say he's having a great camp. So I'm going to read you some guys that have been said by one coach or another or a teammate that they're having a great camp, and you tell me how much you think it means because some of it means more than others. Okay? All right. All right. Raheem Nunez Roches or Nacho, mm-hmm. having a great camp. What do you think? How much does that matter? I think it matters a lot. Okay. I think it matters a lot. Why? Um, Because we lost Carl. Yeah, but he's an inside guy. Right, but. We lost Bo Allen. And Bo Allen, yes. He went back to Philly. New England. New England, okay. Um, It was a trade. We traded Bo Allen for Tom Brady. And and I I think it means something because there was question marks with Nacho. You know, what was going to happen with him. So for him saying – it matters. I think he's pretty solidly in at this point, the way he's playing. You don't think it means anything? Did, no, no, I do. I just oh, wanted to hear why you thought yeah. so. I th- actually think that's one of the more important ones because um, they're saying he's transformed his upper body a little bit. He's stronger. He's playing very well. And you you need to know where your depth is going to come from behind mm-hmm. your starters there. And there's a there's a decent amount of options, but different type players like him, the rookie Khalil Davis, who's, who's good at penetrating apparently the backfield. You've got um, Patrick O'Connor. Kind of a long-limbed guy. Uh, I'm sure I'm not thinking of everybody, but, oh, Jeremiah Ledbetter. There's 
there's room for competition there, so it matters a lot to him. I, I don't know what your I don't know what your list is, but is Anthony Nelson on your list? He's not because he was. I didn't think of him as I was making this. He was more of a guy they talked about in week one, and I haven't heard as much lately. I think he's having a good camp. Well, good because we need him to be the third guy. Yeah, I think he's having a good. That camp. That means a lot because if he's not your third guy, then you I have a real big question mm-hmm. mark there. What about um, what about OJ Howard? That he's having a good camp? Yeah, it was said by several different people in, in the last couple of days. I would say if you believe the rumors that he was on the trading blocks. Which I don't. I don't either. Um, but having a good camp, I, I would say it means something because it means he's stepping into what they thought he was he should be. And with the addition of, of you-know-who, mm-hmm. it seems to be making a difference. I think it matters um, because y- when you get Rob Gronkowski and you already have um, uh, OJ Cam. and Bray, mm-hmm. um, you, you're, you're wondering if two th- one of two things is going to happen. You're going to get rid of one of those other guys, and which is what a lot of people rumored, or you're going to find out a way to make a huge use out of those guys together. Anthony Eclair, Eau Claire. Made a fantastic catch the other day. And that's not really his thing. No. The one-handed uh, uh, in the arm, the only place you could catch the ball. Yeah, wow. Unbelievable good. catch. I saw him make a good catch the other day, too. Maybe he's uh, – I don't know how much room there's going to be to throw him the football with all these other guys. Well, no, but I would say that – I'm he, just really thinking that 12 personnel is going to be very, very successful mm-hmm. for us this year. So Cam Bray, by the way, was explaining to everybody today – in terms that were pretty easy to understand. You talked about how a lot of us football fans kind of understand things, but mm-hmm. so when you talk us about too. Yeah, when you talk about um, having the 12 personnel out there, which means two tight ends. You can always whenever you hear 11, 12, 21 or whatever, the first number means how many running backs and the second number means how many tight ends because you have five eligible players after the mm-hmm. O-line and the quarterback. There's five spots left that guys that can you throw the ball to. The first numbers are running backs, the second numbers are tight ends, and whatever's left out of five is receivers. So if it's 11, one running back, one tight end, that leaves three receivers. See what I'm saying? 21 would be two backs. You don't, Hardly anybody uses 21 anymore. It would be two, two, and one. Um, when Coach talks about how we're really well prepared to, to do well out of 12 personnel this year, what that means is we've got multiple tight ends that can do a lot of damage. And Cam Brate was explaining why 12 personnel um, can create a really st- – troubling situation for the defense because when when you put when you put three receivers out there you know exactly what you're going to do on defense you're going to put an extra db out there but when you put two receivers you still only have two receivers and then you put two tight ends instead of a third receiver what do you what do you do as a defense do you stay in base Mm -hmm. because there's not a third receiver do you stay in base because that means you're going to have a linebacker. If that if that tight end goes out, you're probably going to have a linebacker covering him. And as Cam Braid said today, that's a tight end's dream because they usually have a speed mismatch with uh-huh. the linebackers. Not all of them, right? but a lot of the times that's a good speed mismatch. If instead you go to nickel because you're worried about a linebacker covering this guy, then you're going to have a cornerback. And in most cases, then you have a size disadvantage and you can run at that guy. You know, you got that makes it easier to run the football. And also, you know, catch passes over a smaller cornerback. So now you got two of those guys that are threats. What do you do against that? 
pray. How do you cover all those guys? <laughs> you can't. You bring a safety down. You bring a safety down, and safeties are often – Jordan White has to do that a lot. You, safeties are often asked to cover tight ends if they're going to do man. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, maybe you aren't putting – As this is another thing Cam was talking about. If the safety comes down, you may no longer be able to have a safety over the top of, of where Mike Evans is matched up with a cornerback, and Mike Evans can beat most cornerbacks off the line and get open pretty fr- frequently. So now you got a problem because you got nobody helping you on the back end. So that's how – having a multiple awesome tight ends can be stressful for the other team. And hopefully we get to prove that this year, <laughs> without a doubt. So um, what about um, – this one was said by, by uh, Ali Marpet. He said uh, – and I hadn't heard this from anybody else. He said, Skinner. Huh? Go ahead. He said Donovan Smith is having an awesome camp. Yeah, I, I – I kinda, you have to take it with a grain of salt from a teammate, I think. Well, but and probably one of his best friends. I think if you if you add to the rest of that, I believe he was saying he's having an, a a good camp, and he's also helping Tristan. Tristan. Yeah, but he was specifically saying Donovan looks great out there. So that's solid. Yeah, that's what if you're going to have that guy protecting well, the backside you, of Tom Brady. I was just going to say. Plus, if you have you know. If your if your coworkers are with you and going and are noticing you're stepping up your game, that's solid. Yeah. Okay. That's enough of that game. I think right. I had some others, but I think it, we were, we were coming well. Real down quickly, on we we won't even comment on them. Who else? Shaq. That one was recent. Somebody yeah. said he was having. Okay. Uh, Antoine Winfield has gotten a lot of buzz. I would say yes, yes, yes. Uh, Justin Watson coming into his own. Yeah. I just I still think Scotty Miller's the favorite to be take most of the. No question. Receiver snaps. No question. He seems and, to have a good connection with Brady already, which uh, is smart. Listen, Brady's calling him Scooter. You can't <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> On a less, you know, we're just talking about guys having great camps, uh, but we're salty here, so we can't just always be sunshine and light and rainbows <laughs> and unicorns. If you know both of us, that's something we're never going to get accused of. <laughs> Being too positive all the time? Right. Being too sun- sunshiny? Yeah. I'm just a ray of sunshine. Really. <laughs> that's the what old, I've been called my whole life. You know, well, well, you're so bright, your mom calls you sun. That is so corny. It's so corny. But you're laughing. I'm laughing because it's like puns. I love puns, but they're terrible, but they make you laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Because of how bad they are. All right, continue. The kickers, Jeff. Yeah, oh. You don't want to be thinking about the kickers we, right we now. We talked about this last week, and th- there was a kicking duel going on the other day, and everybody stopped. Everybody was watching, and I'm talking, I'm talking everybody was watching. Anybody that was on the field was watching. That never happens. No, you'd like it not to have to happen. But if, uh, if, and you, listen. if you take the top of the top of the organization and to the bottom of the bottom of the organization, everybody was watching. <laughs> the guy came out, the guy that's working in uh, accounting right now came out and looked, there, looked out the window. No question. Um, now, that's not to say that that the two guys, Matt Gay and Elliot Fry, are out there shanking everything. No. They're still making the majority of their kicks. Mm-hmm. But what Coach was saying that he needs, or Keith Armstrong was saying, and, and Bruce was saying the same thing, what they need out of those guys, and especially if you want the incumbent, the guy you drafted in the fifth round last year, to win that job again, you want them to be consistent. They need to be consistent. Bruce says 
Obviously, they both have. We know Matt Gay's got a huge leg, and he mm-hmm. said Elliot Fry has a good leg too. We know he can go out there and drill a forty-five yarder. Bruce said, but then he's got to make the next one from thirty-five. I think Friday's going to be fun. Yeah, Friday they'll get. I'm sure. As I was saying, the good south thing, end zone. The good thing about a scrimmage, as opposed to a preseason game, the the one advantage is that you can script whatever situation you want. So it might not have come up in a preseason. Are, game. are they going to pump crowd noise in during? Uh, they coach said they would be using crowd noise uh, leading up in preparation to. Um, the regular season games, the opener in New Orleans, but I didn't. He he wasn't responding specifically to that game, but I would guess so. I to get think. to get a feel for what I mean, it's going to be stadium, like, it'll be easy to do so, right? Mm-hmm. Easier to do that out here where you have to roll out speakers. Yeah, no, and and uh, from all indications, it looks like the league is going to be pumping some crowd noise yeah. in an empty in yeah. empty stadium. Let's not go too far down that road though, because there's right. a question about that. So when we get oh, to the okay. questions at the end, we're going to, well, talk I don't that. know the questions. I, can't, I know, I, can't I know. I'm these. telling you, that's why I'm telling you. All Jeff. right. Well, listen, now, you know, let's go get Parnell. Well, let's do that. But again, just on the kickers, uh, the, the last point I wanted to make is that coach said, uh, it's a very real competition. So it, you, you want to look at this and go, Elliot Fry isn't, doesn't have any preseason games, and if he were the incumbent, then Matt Gay would be the one trying to in- unseat him. You, you anticipate sticking with the incumbent if you don't have some awesome proof that you should go the other guy. And the preseason games are usually when you get your best proof. But Coach says it's a very real competition. So I, I From my eyes, no question. Yeah. So For what it's worth. I, I want Matt Gay to find his groove again and pull through. Well, that's what I, I know. No offense to Elliot Fry, but no. you, you, you always root for your, your guys that you're, you always want right? your guy. And I think, I think he has a stronger leg, but it boils down to how consistent you are. He was great last year for 13 games, minus the one bad miss against the giants. But otherwise he was great. I was just getting, I was just getting over that. <laughs> sorry about that. Jeff. So you want to go to Parnell yes. now? Yes. Cause okay. he's buzzing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you should have told me. I'm sorry. Here we go. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast for our second segment, and it's our best segment because we have a guest joining us, and that means we have to listen to Jeff Less. Well, and we don't have to listen to Scott so much. We get to listen to a real player. And we're really excited. Our guest today is uh, rookie cornerback Parnell Motley. Parnell, is it true that you just intercepted another pass right before making this call? Um, not, not today, but yesterday I did, man. Just, just, just for sure, man. But I kind of, I try to keep up with a man that's having knack with interceptions, man. I just love getting interceptions. Are you feeling it? I mean, people are talking about you a lot. Are you, are you feeling it that you're having a really good camp? Um, myself, I was holding the higher standard for myself, but at the moment I, I feel like I'm having a good, cool camp right now. But for myself, I always feel like I can do more, push more so I can do better. When you say, you know, you just say you're pushing more, you weren't drafted, you were disappointed that that didn't happen. I don't like the term playing with a chip on your shoulder because I'm assuming if you want to be an NFL player, you're going to play hard all the time. But is that is that a little indicator of, hey, you had an opportunity to see what I do, you didn't take it, so now I'm going to prove everybody wrong except the Buccaneers? Um. Definitely, man. It's just for myself, man. Um, I just love competing and playing it. Playing, had the love for this game and playing this sport, man. And I just maturing, maturing my game and taking my my my, my game to a next level, man. And that's part of what it's all about, man. I'm playing with some big boys now, man. So um, I told myself I had to toughen up and 
and he's got to keep going and go get it, man. But it's very exciting playing with this um with this great organization and meeting new people, man, bonding with these brothers. One of those big boys is Carlton Davis, and he said he actually watched you, watched a lot of what you did at Oklahoma, and he was surprised that you weren't drafted. I'm sure some other people were as well. But that gave you an opportunity to choose a little bit where you wanted to go. Is or Was there any particular reason you decided to come here? Um, particular reason was maybe because the communication was great, man, and a great atmosphere. And I just love the things that was, head, was headed and going on in Tampa, man. So I feel like um, with these young group of guys, man, this was the best fit for me, me and me and my family, man, and just to, just to grow all together, grow all this grow all together, man. That's probably why I came to this organization. I just knew it was going to be fun, especially with a great guy like Tom Brady leading his team, man. <laughs> and I just thought, thought to myself, the sky's the limit when I was coming here. You say that uh, uh, you're playing for your family. Uh, you're also playing for your brother. Yes, sir. And, and so a lot of adversity all the way around. Uh, your brother was killed in a drive-by shooting in 2014. And you've taken that as as he's with you the whole time. Is is that correct? Yes, sir, man. And I I had him tattooed on my arm just so I can make sure and feel he's with me every day. Um, man, the tragedy that happened in 2014 still traumatizing to this day. But I know he's in a better place right now and watching me from above. So um, I talk to him and pray every night, man, that he makes sure he's watching over me. And let's keep moving forward, man, prospering every day. Well, you're certainly making him proud. Yes, sir. We learned a little bit something today when Keith Armstrong was uh, was on a Zoom call with the media. He said they're going to give you first crack at Gunner in the scrimmage on Friday. And, and everybody's talking about how, you know, you can be as good as you want out there on defense, but as a rookie cornerback, you're probably going to need to have a role on special teams in order to be playing on Sundays. So is that a big deal to you? Definitely a big deal, man. Uh, my college coaches warned me before I even came here. Came here, special teams always gonna be a big deal, man. They always always appreciate that in the University of Oklahoma, how special teams was a big deal in the National Football League, and and that's just what what they were saying, man. It's, it's holding true. So, man, uh, I just got to keep competing, my, uh, competing my guy, and just keep going and keep going. Uh, I'll do as great as much as I want on defense, but special teams will play an even better part, and that's most likely my first snap will come from special teams. What, what do you have to do? You know, everybody always says, hey, for him to make the team or most players in the beginning is you got you to do well in special teams. What is it that you personally have to do to make special teams? Um, for me personally, I feel like I have, I have to be way more physical because on this, on this um, le- on experience level, it's a lot more experienced guys and, and lot, I know what's going on on special teams. So first I had to be very um, physical. And I just got to know what I'm doing and be, being smart, man. Just always putting the best effort I can um, do on special teams, man. So, um, man, I just got to be physical, play smart, and, um, and had a whole lot of effort on the field. Did you play, play a lot? Spe- oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I'm sorry. I, did you play any special teams in, in college? Yes, sir. I played all the um, teams for sure. Only team I didn't play was um, kick return. Um, I, but um, I played every other team um, in college, um, including Gunner. R1, R4. Um, yeah, I played all the special teams, man, that I was involved with. Well, that'll help. Um, Parnell, usually when you go to a new NFL city, especially right out of college, I mean, one of the fun things probably is kind of finding out what that city's all about and, and, and getting used to a new place. But I guess this year you can't do a whole lot of that. I mean, what are you – everybody's missing stuff. What are you really missing 
by all these restrictions, things you'd love to be doing? Oh, man, what I'm missing, man, just really getting used to the great atmosphere out here. And I just love Tampa. The scenery is what's going on. So um, that's really been hard to process lately without our restrictions with going out. And, and, and was, which is great, man, to keep it safe and doing it for the best of us. For sure. And that's, what, that's what it's all about. But uh, I think I'm just missing the great atmosphere around Tampa. I got to see a couple of views of what's going on. It's very beautiful, but I just feel like it's way much more out here that, that I'm not looking at. When, uh, without having preseason games, what are you doing to make sure you're being noticed? I, I mean, up besides getting picks, I mean, that's a quick way to get yourself <laughs> noticed. And, and, and Bruce yeah. Arians even mentioned that you keep playing like that. There's going to be a spot for you. But that being said, not having preseason games, what's your mindset when you're at practice? So people say, Hey, we got, we got to keep an eye on him. Um, most definitely is making sure I know what I'm doing. First of all, because on this level, man, things happen fast, and you got to know what you're doing at experience level. So I'm trying to act like I'm just not the rookie in here, man. I'm trying to act like I'm an experienced veteran that always, always been here and I know what's going on. So I'm just trying to fit, get in where I fit in, man. It's trying, not trying to be the new guy out there, man. It's trying to look normal. It's just an experience that the other, other vest was going on right now. Hey, going back to the draft real quick, um, were you surprised that C.D. Lamb dropped all the way the way he did in the first round to Dallas? I mean, I think most people thought he was going to go higher than that. Obviously, you, you had to play against him on the practice field. You Also, and along the same lines, you feel like you've really been sharpened by the fact that there's just so many high-powered passing attacks in the Big 12. Um, definitely, man. I actually thought um, C.D. Lamb was going much higher, but God has a plan for all of us, man, and – and I'm glad he ended up going with um, a great Dallas team and where he's landed, and it's a great organization for him. He was from around that area, so I think he's going to fit just well in that organization. But, um, man, going to get City and Lamar Day was a battle, man, and, and that's how <laughs> iron shopping irons, man. Yeah. I'm just so bad, so proud to be a part of that, um, what was going on in college football and how we get to compete every day. And that's what it got us both here today, man, and get to show our abilities and that great next experience level like the NFL. Well, Jeff, unless you got anything else, I think we've had you for the 10 minutes, we, we promised. Yeah. So uh, we were like, well, I paused only because I thought, Scott, you were going to give him the big news. And that is? That you were born in Norman, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, I kind oh, of, yeah. Had it. yeah, I was born in Norman, but I kind of figured you probably <laughs> wouldn't matter that much to you. My dad was going to school at OU at the time. Oh, really, man? That's, that's amazing, man. That's what, do you think of, what, what did you think of Norman? Um, I think Norman it was um, it was kind of like Tampa, much calm, but uh, Tampa had much more sceneries going on. But I feel like um, <laughs> a good calm place is in the Norman and in Tampa. I, I can see the resemblance of what's going on around here. But it's a great city, great atmosphere, man. I just love being around here. And the quick transformation from Norman to Tampa is great. Good deal. Well, I got out of there when I was two years old, so I don't really know. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Cardinal, a lot. thanks, thanks a lot. We really appreciate your time, and, and just keep going out there and killing it on the field. All right, man. Man, thank you, man. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. The Salty Dogs. And once again, we are back here on the Salty Dogs podcast yeah. for our last segment. That was a lot of fun. Good guy. Yeah, I, I really. You, you, you got pull for him. Well, I'm going to pull for him for one reason, because he's a Sooner. Right. I always root for the Sooners. We've had some really good Sooners around here. I know. Leroy Selman, Dewey Selman, Gerald, Gerald McCoy. McCoy. 
Now you're thinking real hard. I know Who there's else? another one. There's one more out there, huh? There's at least one more. I think we've had another first-round pick out of Oklahoma. Oh, 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 um, the guard. Um, the great, great guard in the, in the 2000s. Love the guy. Started with Jeremy Trueblood, started the Davin, Tru, Davin Joseph. Oh, Davin. Davin Joseph, also oh, a great guy. Oh, man, you know what? He's one of the nicest We've guys. We've brought you up got... two of our favorite players in this, Joey Gallo and Davin and Joseph. And Davin Joseph, yeah. I, Davin, if you hear this, if your friends call you <laughs> and say, we didn't know your name, I apologize because you're you're always one of my favorite guys. I led you. You never had any trouble because you didn't know who I was talking about. Right. So you didn't right. briefly forget him. I just but had I a little trouble with recall right I there. should have belled you out, though. Well, as soon as I said Jeremy Trueblood, then I remembered Davin mm -hmm. Joseph. I just had a little recall problem right there. Um, you know, maybe my central processor is, has a few cathode rays out or something oh yeah you need a new flex capacitor <laughs> before we go on to what this segment about is about is um uh is about questions before mm -hmm. we get on from fans i wanted to take a moment to you know because of this unusual situation we don't really get to get very close to the players which makes it harder for us to line them up and we love having those guys on especially guys that we can sort of introduce a little bit to bucks fans mm -hmm. We would have had, we would be nearly impossible to get this done if we didn't have help from people like Jill Beckman and Michael Pahanic and Danielle Burns, the last two of which are in the PR department. Yes. So thanks to those people. Communication department. It's Yeah, but we all know it's PR. I know. I'm just saying. When you come up, I came up in PR and um, it was I, called PR. Mm -hmm. We have to have these fancy schmancy right. names for Jill. Of. Jill is our social media individual. Mm hmm and uh, the reason they're helping us is because they have tier two clearance. And you and I do not. And we do not. There's a reason for that. Well, they have to be close to players to get their job done. Mm -hmm. And we don't. No, so they we would like to be. It would be a lot easier. Yeah, much. And what, because there's and the reason for this is there's only so many people that can be on tier two and on tier one. Yeah. There's In two. fact, all the right. tiers. So if but, you want to add somebody to tier two, somebody else has to come off. And so, yeah, and they looked at us and said, we can, we can do yeah. majority of our jobs without that. Right, but so. the hardest part, the hardest part for us is we don't have face-to-face -face interaction and we're doing our interviews on Zoom. So that's why there's a little difference in yeah, audio sound. quality. And, yeah. and we don't have, and especially when we're talking about new guys, we probably don't have their phone numbers. So we can't no. text them. I mean, we could text like Cam Braid or somebody if we wanted to. And they all been really super good about doing it and just give an idea the time they have is very, very limited because they come off of the field and then they have either uh, they have to lift or they have training and they only have like an hour and 15 to an hour and a half lunch yeah. and they have to lift in between that time. And that's all about the only time we get them. So, so for them to take 10 minutes out of that is huge. Nice. We yes. appreciate it every week. Yeah, And they're all been gracious and fun. Everybody's so far off three for three young guys mm -hmm. that have been very gracious. And um, that was fun talking to Parnell. I think he's got a real shot. I do, too. I don't think you make this many plays in practice in the, as a cornerback and they let you get away. And doing it without preseason games. Carlton Davis apparently watched a lot of college football in recent years since he got to the NFL and said he'd seen a lot. He'd watched a lot of Oklahoma and Parnell, and he was surprised that Parnell didn't get drafted. And I think it was a speed thing. He didn't go, he didn't go to the Combine, by the way. Mm. He Parnell. wasn't invited to the Combine. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but he had a good pro day at Oklahoma before all the pro days got shut down. Just it just goes to show if if you're a parent and you have a child that wants to play and no one's calling them or anything, wherever they go to school, they're gonna find you if you're good. Oh, that's for sure. They will find you if you are good. So yeah, 
Well, right. not like Oklahoma's low profile. No, though. no, no, not at all. Boomer I'm just sooners, saying. boomer but sooners. But it just, but it also shows it becomes an opinion. Does this guy fit our team? I mean, we're we're talking about Parnell and how well he's doing, but thirty-one other teams decided not to. To well, do anything, he's so. a guy who excelled in press man coverage, so he probably you probably want to go to a team that's aggressive on defense, mm-hmm. um, because he won't have he won't be asking for as much zone, um, and he's a guy that was very productive. Did you know he was benched his junior year? Oh uh, yeah, I knew yeah. that. Didn't and think Phil need to bring it. No, up. No, no, I wasn't going to bring it up, but 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 it was the the fun fun fact is he <laughs> got benched and so did the head coach and the defensive coordinator yeah. also uh not, they not only got benched they got shown the door right. and the new people coming in they liked him a lot they liked him a lot and it was a uh, his coach came from the NFL and his name is escapes oh, Lincoln me. Riley right no well that's his head coach but his position coach oh, okay. I don't know that. was brought in from the NFL and he recognized man to man was was, was Parnell's key was, yeah. and that's when he excelled. Well, I mean, it. I kind of think it's easier to find a, a zone corner than a press man corner. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, he was clearly going to get a shot somewhere. I'm glad he chose to come here because I I know he had some other opportunities. And I I did like the fact that he he liked how the organization approached him. Yeah, he liked the, front, the the type of communication. I, I don't like to say honesty because I, I I I like to assume most people are pretty upfront, but that's just me i guess you look at this and you see that's a young db core and i i could grow with that team if mm-hmm. you're parnell Montley. no question uh so anyway and, and listen listen if he has any success at all you know you know what's going to happen in the stadium motley part what the Mark, the Motley crew is going to be gonna there. Get one of the little he's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a section before it's over. You couldn't with. help yourself. Uh, you had to think about it. I had thought of the words Motley crew. Mm-hmm. I've thought of that a billion times since he got sure. here, but I didn't see how it was fitting in what you were saying. Yes, because people would want to gravitate to it. They want to be part of him, so they're part of the Motley crew. Mm, that sounds, oh, that sounds great. Jeff. If you th- it, listen, I bet you. Do you spell it with a K. I you. I bet you the people out there right now are thinking, Jeff. Thank you for that. We are going to get t-shirts. You honestly think nobody else would have thought of Motley No, crew? I know that, but I'm just saying it was going to happen. I didn't say I thought of it. I said so that's what's going to happen. So why are they thanking you then? Get to the questions. You, you, you made a, you made a, a get to the questions. You're you're starting to irritate me now. Well, get to the questions. Yeah, you know what? That's for me to know and nobody else to find out. That didn't really work there, but you do know that at any given time you can talk all you want, and I'm going to turn you off because we can't hear you now. So, all right, get to here. I could scream down the end of this. Like, what? How long is this table? Fifteen right. feet. It'd be like you're at the RNC convention. Uh, okay. Um, let's go to this question. It's the one I sort of teased. It's okay. from, oh, by the way, our questions have a very international flair about them today. I have three questions and none of them come from, from within the borders of this great country. Wow. So we have listeners all over this blue. The world. Marble. The world. Floating through space. All right. That's, uh, with the rumors of piped in. You know uh, why that is. We have people all over the world, right? Uh, we're so talented? No, we're on the World Wide Web. <laughs> okay. God. We, need, we need to wrap this up before you come up with any more of these zingers. Uh, hello, guys. I, well, hello. Well, hello. That's not the... Usually people are more salty in there. Well, so. hello. With the rumors... By the way, 
if I showed you how this was, the word rumors would spell was spelled, you'd know where this question was coming from because there's a U in it. Uh, uh, Europe. Well, yeah, but specifically the UK. Yeah. Okay. With, with the rumors of piped-in crowd noise in all stadiums gaining traction, would you assume the noise would be set at the same decibel level in all stadia? Wow. He, 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 I don't, is that a British thing also? What's to, that? To pluralize stadium as stadia? No, I mean, no, it is, no. it is technically the way you pluralize most words that end in, in UM, like datum you, to data. You, you would think he knows since they invented the English language. So. <laughs> but I, I think people call them stadiums most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. like that. For example, in New Orleans, New Orleans, where it gets pretty dang loud compared to others, keep it up, Callum from the UK. And Jeff, now, for those of you listening at home, is now standing up and pacing around for some reason. I'm just stretching my back. Okay. Um, I was actually, there was actually a bit of news about this today, um, you know, because I got this question a couple days ago. And my initial answer to this, to this person was going to be, no, I don't think that it's going to happen. I don't think the NFL is going to consider that a high enough priority to try to um, put some sort of restrictions or, or rules and regulations on that from state stadium to stadium and it's going to be very very irritating because some stadiums are going to take advantage of that and have the opportunity to do some more if they're in a dome or something mm-hmm. uh, like for instance there's not many no fans in new orleans when we go there but i'm fully expecting not that we'll be there i'm fully expecting that they're going to pipe in a whole lot of crowd noise it is going to be regulated by the league Yes, that's what we're hearing now, and I'll believe it when I see it, to be honest with you. Well, that's, that, uh, there have been issues that uh, some stadiums have been accused of putting in, piped in. Some of them been, have been caught and well, punished. I wasn't going to throw that out there, but yes. Atlanta. It, yes, and Minnesota was notorious Yes, over but the they years. never got caught, did no, they? No, no. It's amazing to me that Atlanta got caught and, and Minnesota, where we knew they were doing it yeah. every time we went there. And, and New Orleans, caught. you're never going to tell allegedly. me that. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, allegedly. Of course. But... Um, I, I I think you're right in in that. Um, how are you going to be able to monitor it? Either, either a they're yeah. going to have a they're going to have a, a meter and make sure people are you know being fair game. Now I will tell you that if you violate rules, if you're visiting if you're visiting team in New Orleans, us, and we believe they're violating rules, you can report them to you the league. Need some kind of evidence. Yeah. And then it becomes... They're not just going to go, oh, did you think it was too loud? Yes, it was too loud. Okay, we will find Well, yes, but you have to remember all games are... They have ways to... I know, to but look at I'm things. sticking but, with my point that I'll yeah. believe it when I... I guess I should yeah. say I'll believe it when I hear it. But the yes. regulations you're talking about, if the reports today are true, well, that it, it will have to be a maximum of between 70 and 85 decibels. Now, here's where it's going to change. Some stadiums will have fans in them. So even if you only have, let's just take a number of 15,000 people. Which isn't going to create that much noise. No, but it's going to create more noise than you think it would. I don't know. know, So we'll see. But to give you some comparisons, um, Arrowhead Stadium has the loudest recorded decibels at Mm 142.2, which is a lot more than 70 to 85. Uh, in Seattle, where that building is sort of constructed to bounce the noise back towards the field, they've hit as high as 137.6. That's crazy. And in the Superdome, I think the highest recorded one they have is 128 decibels, which is a lot more than 70 to 85. No question. But here's the key that if it's regulated correctly or not, will t- kind of take away this whole thing. It's supposed to be steady, 
noise that's the same level no matter which team is on offense, which is absolutely completely different from right. what you get in a normal game and should theoretically completely take away the home field advantage in terms of noise. I agree. So I don't understand really the point of having piped in noise if 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 teams are going to follow those regulations. The reason why they're doing that, I believe, my personal to sound better on the broadcast. Sound better on the broadcast. Yes, that's that's exactly it to give you that that experience of it's just not right. Yeah, but I mean, it's still going to be weird when you hear the same level of of noise being uh, generated when the home team is on the field and the away team is on the field. From my understanding, and I may be wrong, that no. they're, they're actually they're actually cre- have captured or they have captured the sound from that particular stadium. It's not the oh, same tape. Oh, cool. So uh-huh. the the different the different things that you and would hear. And, yeah, it, the different things you would hear at other stadiums because all like stadiums cannon sound fire. different. Cannon fire. The the skull. Um, Are we still going to shoot off the cannons? Well, and, yeah. Why and raise you? the flag. Well, we, that's right. We're going to have fans. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was an empty stadium, would still would there be any you point? still you're still on, you're still in the red zone for traditional still score. reasons, just nope. for because of tradition. TV, radio, all of it. All right. Majority of your people are out there. So next question. So the, the answer is yes. They're going to they're supposedly yeah. going to do something about it, but I'm I'm a little bit skeptical. And we'll update you as color we know me more. skeptical. Okay. Next. All right. Next question. This one comes from a person, as he'll tell us here. Uh, you know, we've had the guy from Brazil send us a number of mm-hmm. questions. Now we got somebody joining in from Uruguay, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is it Uruguay or Uruguay? I, was, Uruguay? I thought it was Uruguay. Well, then we've said it both ways, so we got it right. All right. Hi, Scott and Jeff. I got first billing on this one. Uh, you should. My name is Rodrigo, and I'm from Uruguay, or mm-hmm. Uruguay. Mm-hmm. I'm a Buccaneers fan since 1999. And that's not normal around here. Yeah, I bet. Well, we have a lot of not normal fans. Yes. We have a lot of not normal employees. We thank you. Some of them are in this room. Yes. Um, Speaking. Jumped in in a good time, 1999. Yeah. That's when that defense was really starting to hit its, its stride. Bandwagoner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he stuck with it. I know. I appreciate that. So that's no, it's not a, even if he was at the beginning, he's not anymore. That's but for there, sure. But that's the difference between, uh, I will say, international fans. When they root for their team, they're all in. Win, lose, they're always in. What's the uh, capital of Uruguay? I think I know. Paraguay? No, that's another country. Oh, okay. Um, Montevideo, I believe. Really? It's it's the capital of one of those two countries we just mentioned. I think it's Uruguay. All right. Montevideo, which is a great name. But continue. I have a question for the pod. What happens, obviously, that was kind of unnecessary. What happens if, for example, the whole OL tests positive before a game, for obviously means for COVID-19? Can you bring in less than 48 hours, seven OL guys untested to a game? I mean, you need to have two negative tests just to get to the building. What, what if it happens on game day? Great pod. I hear you while driving to work and back home. I was planning to go to my first Buccaneers game this season. Arg, which, uh. is, which is bolded, uh, so you feel his pain, and that does suck. No, I'm with you. So I hope I can go to the 2021 season. Well, we hope you can too, and we hope you'll be celebrating a championship when you do so. Mm-hmm. It would be great to see Brady in a pewter uniform. That is going to yeah, be great. Thank is. you for reading it, Rodrigo. Thank you, Rodrigo. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's obviously the concern. Yeah. That's that's the absolute concern. I don't think there's an answer. Yeah, you just do what you can. And and you're not necessarily bringing seven new guys in the building. You, um, you probably have some guys on the practice squad. One of the things I think where everybody uh, – I think that would be very strange to happen. That that would that would definitely be all the all the stars lined up totally wrong for that to happen to you. Only be I say that only because 
players are being tested every day. That's true. And once they leave the facility to go to an away game, they are tested that day. They then get on a bus. That's true. Then the bus is isolated to an airplane that's isolated, flies into the city. The hotel is pretty much... I know out by the team, and they, and if there's anybody else there, they're searching for ways into the hotel that the, nobody else would be coming in and out of. Right, and once which you, we do anyway, yeah. Most of the time. And once you arrive, you know, a lot of times we were able to go out and have dinner, things like that. You're not allowed to go. You're not allowed to leave the hotel. No one is allowed to come visit you. Um, I wonder you if aren't you aren't allowed to go to any of the restaurants at that hotel if they are open. You, you, so you're saying if you're if everybody's good the day before travel, there's every reason to believe that nothing should happen over the weekend. That's exactly what I'm saying. So that's that's a good sign. And um, I was just wondering if if you can't go out, if you can't leave the hotel, do, do people still get per diem on the trips? Um, I don't know. That would just be money straight into your pocket. Well, that's true. Something to think about. Something to think about. But uh, yes, Rodrigo. Can't deny that that is the worry, that mm-hmm. um, something will happen that a team will be unable to field a team, which has happened in baseball. They're not doing it and, the same way, though. And so. hopefully, hopefully before not too long, uh, point, point of, of care. Con- yeah. yeah. Yes. Comes Sorry, in. I cut you off. No, no, that's fine. That boy is point of contact. I think they call it point of care, care. although point of contact yeah. makes sense. Uh, where you're you're tested by your saliva, and then 15 minutes within yeah. 15 right minutes, right there where you are, you get the results. Yeah. yeah. So so um, hopefully hopefully we're not going to be faced with that, and um, if we do, then it'll be very interesting to see how they handle it. Because I don't think anybody knows how they're going to handle it. Well, they're it, handed to yeah. it. Yeah. In baseball, a couple teams got to the point where they just didn't have they couldn't play the games, and and it was out of caution for some extent to not pass it on to another team. Right. All right, we got one more question, and okay. I keep saying that um, I'm not going to read a question from our fan from Brazil every single episode, but right. but he's he keeps sending in pretty good questions. If you don't want to hear a question from Brazil, then send your own question well, in and bump <laughs> them off the list. Come on, it's on you. It's not on the dogs. Uh, yeah, and you can send your questions to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. All right. Um, hey, hello, salty ones. And congrats for one more beautiful in the current episode, which I don't personally have anything to do with, so I'll pass that along. Uh, but somebody here does. I really like the narrator's voice. It wow. feels like I know him from somewhere else. Lol. Wow. Laugh out loud. <laughs> for anybody who's not getting it, Jeff is the narrator. I am the narrator. One of his many times. You know that voice. I mean, he's got he's got a radio voice. Mm-hmm. We he, Sometimes he does recordings on our uh, phone system here. I do. <laughs> Well, the Buccaneers will be out. The, yeah. the, the I was, building will be closed. I, so. Yeah, I was on that one for months. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, while everybody was at home working yeah, at home? Yeah, I would just call it to hear myself. Just right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I am not a fi- I'm not a fan of my own voice. Nobody really is. Most people aren't, yeah. It sounds so different to me. What I hear in my head yes. and what it comes back to me at, I... Just shake my head, but I do appreciate when people. I, I do want to say thank you because a number of people have said, "Hey, I really like the way you set the tone in, in yeah. the current." And it's, it sounds um hard knocky. Yeah, and and I I will say Stephen Lynch, uh-huh. who who is the producer, right, uh, does an excellent job. That's a great piece. of talking to me about wh- what he envisions how it should sound. Okay, because I do not see the video when I read it. Oh, okay. I am re- I am just reading. That sounds hard. 
well, I'm just reading words, but yeah. I, I, he tells me what the mood is. He okay. tells me, hmm. and I just do a number of different reads. But thanks. But what's the question? Every, you're right about everybody not liking the sound of their own voice when you yeah. hear it back. Um, anyway, yeah, those in the currents are great. Um, okay, and congrats. Okay, I already read that part. The Bucks' offense. Oh, and this is he means in practice. Mm-hmm. The Bucks' offense always wore white jerseys, or every year it's different. If so, who gets to choose? Since you did, thanks for reading. Alexander Nascimento from Sao Paulo, Brazil, as we said, and he points out again, I think he's told us this before, the same place where kicker Cairo Santos was born. Remember him? Yeah, yeah I, I remember him. Yep. He got like, picked up this week. Bears? Yes. <laughs> which, which made me laugh. Do you want to be associated with the Bears I, kicking position? I know, but but he was with the we Bears. Talk. He was with the Bears. It didn't do too well, and they got him. How bad's the guy they brought in if he's bringing <laughs> him back? But, but yeah, I laughed about that because we were just talking about him. You know, we had to look it up, and I and I saw I went, dang, well, I guess he's still out yeah, there. Yeah. All right. If you got some kicker talent, you're going to kick around for mm-hmm. a while. No mm-hmm. pun intended. So, so he's talking about a practice. So, if you go out there, I mean, quarterbacks wear orange jerseys, mm-hmm. but it's it's usually the offense in white and defense in red. And I think that's the case in for most teams anywhere you go. Yeah, but color we, for yeah, defense. But we offense. switched that up one year under a coach, and it drove me crazy. Yeah, we did. I th- there was a. I think there was a little bit of that in, mm-hmm. in the during the Gruden tenure. Not every year, but a little bit. And it was the idea was. When it's really hot out there, the white jerseys are a little nicer to wear mm-hmm. than the colored ones, right? right? So why should white? Why should offense always get the better jersey right. for practice? So some coaches occasionally like to switch it up. Well, to me, it's always defense red because when the defense was really great, it was I was just used to seeing that combo. Yeah, you know. but I'm talking if like we were working for the Eagles. Yeah, they probably have the offensive white and the defensive green. You know what I'm saying? It's just sure. a pretty common thing, but it's not. It's not set in stone. Do you, we've, we've seen it from time to time get switched up. Do you know why teams wear can't wear the same colors? Huh? You know why teams can't wear uh, dark? Both teams can't be in dark colors. Do you know why they d- started to do that? Why they did that? Well, I assume it's to simulate a game, and, and your quarterback knows who. No, 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 no. To. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you're in a dark red oh. and you're in a dark blue. So if this if we're if we're wearing red and the, the other team is going to wear blue, the Lions are visiting. Yeah. They can't wear blue. Right, they can't wear the a dark color. Okay. You know why they did that? No, it was for back in the day when they started um, doing games in black and white. That was the way you could distinguish what team you were. What uh-huh. team was yours? Did you enjoy watching games in black and white? Jeff? I did. I did. <laughs> Don't you remember when they used to go uh, in living color? I'm pretty sure every NFL game I've ever seen has been in color, but yeah. you know, maybe you're dating yourself a little bit. Nah, there. I just, I like history. <laughs> I I'm So that big, is interesting. That I'm is a, true. I'm a history buff. They are, um, nowadays you do occasionally get color on color when they do like color rush games. Yes. Like remember the And infamous, now you can tell because it's, you're, you know, you're looking at a color TV, you can tell the difference between You have who. bought a color TV, haven't you, Jeff? Uh, no. You're still black and white? I don't even have a TV. I sold my TV to buy books. See? <laughs> I have a radio. You have a TV in your house. Yeah, I do. Probably several of them. No, just one. Okay. No, don't, wait, wait. There is two. There is two. I have to have at least two in my I, house because my wife is always watching CNN on one of them and I can't take it for, yeah. for too long. I am, I, you know, you know, talk about watching TV. I, I really, unless I watch a sporting event or the History Channel. That's pretty Those much all things. I watch. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much all I watch. I have to profess a weakness for cooking competition shows like Chopped. 
Yeah. So if I've never, run, never if seen I run it. across that, I like to watch that. Never seen it. Nope. And there's nothing wrong with uh, if you're messing around on your phone or something, doing a little, you know, eh, Law & Order's on. I'll put Law & Order on in the background. Never watched one. You've Ever. Not a single Law & Order episode ever? Uh-uh. Nope. You're missing out. They're pretty good. That's what I hear. They're pretty good. I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of good things on Amazon, too, but it's just not... My wife and I just started The Americans. Did you watch that series? Nope. I've heard that was fantastic. Is it? Okay. It's about deep, deeply embedded Russian spies in the 1980s that okay. are posing as Americans. Oh, yeah. I, I read them. It's I, been I, very I know well what you're cl- about. critically reviewed. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we're not talking about anything important at all, no. I guess we should just wrap I'm this sorry. Up. I, I kind of took us off the track. Well, I don't mind that, but I, it's not important that fans don't need to hear it, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the beauty about a podcast. You can stop it anytime <laughs> you want. And? <laughs> therefore. And? Therefore. You were going to. You, no, forgot oh, the beginning I, of the, you forgot the beginning of the podcast. I threatened to do it. doesn't mean I was actually going to uh, do it. All right, I'll do it. Good do hey, it. everyone, since you did, thanks for listening. <laughs>